Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Today we're talking about a movie where the sun is exploding. So humanity decides to strap a bunch of rockets onto the planet in order to move Earth into the solar system of a new star. And then things go wrong. So, Caitlin, is The Wandering Earth a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? It definitely should be. Yay! Cool. So you said you had a perfect intro for this movie, so let's Yeah, hear it. I wanted to tell you that uh, this movie is just like Jupiter because it is considered to be a failed star. Wow. What a callback to watching the movie. You're welcome. That is perfect. <laughs> so first things first, I guess you should introduce yourself. Hi, Caitlin Rogers. Welcome to welcome back to Ideal Remake. You were last on for Dune. How are you doing? I'm doing great, actually. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's always fun to hang out with one of my best friends, Sam. Yay. And I love your podcast. You do an amazing job. I wasn't fishing for that, but thank you. You're welcome. How did you first hear about and or see Wandering Earth? Well, today I wore my Weta Workshop uh, sweater because at one point in my life I decided to take an adventure and go to Little Hobbiton in New Zealand. And while I was there, I went and visited the Weta Workshop. And I made a lot of friends along the way, and they happen to be the people that made the Wandering Earth spacesuits, which I went... We can all agree looked great. I went gaga over when I went to New Zealand. So basically, I watched the movie because I got to see them in real life, and I was just so impressed with it. That's, That's a much cooler story than mine. But for those of you that don't know, The Wandering Earth is a movie that came out in 2019? So it might be the most recent movie I've covered on the show. I type show instead of Earth. Yeah, 2019. And basically, this movie is a Chinese movie, So, but it's on Netflix. And you can either watch it subbed or dubbed. I've now watched it both ways. I think you have too. Yes. And it's a, it's literally about what I said in the intro of, well, the sun's exploding and Earth's going to die unless they move the planet somewhere else yeah it would be le- it would be way less convenient to build a spaceship it would be easier to just move the earth they turned the planet into a spaceship so that way they have a planet when they get there that they know works meanwhile step one build a bunch of rockets step two stop earth from rotating which they said will cause floods which will wa- wa- uh, wipe out half the population step th- and that's just thrown away step three launch earth away from the sun to step four establish a new solar system establish itself within a new solar system in a journey that will take 2500 years it's beautiful you can take every single disaster movie and put them all together into one movie and this is that movie and this is that movie this movie is bonkers and anytime something scientific comes along you can guarantee that they'll do the least scientific thing it's amazing. Everything about it, I just can't get over. It's it's it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you cry tears that just float into space. I yeah. mean, it's, it's 
It's so perfect. It's so ridiculous. In such ridiculous. a bad way. Like it's, Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's 100%. 100% last night when we watched the movie is that Mystery Science Theater needs to cover this movie. Oh, for sure. It's made for that. And like, this is the sort of movie, and it's on Netflix, so everyone has it. Just like, invite some friends over and have an insane movie night. It's wild. Like, so I first heard about this movie as part of my movie club. Like, I was hosting one month and we decided we wanted to, to do disaster movies. And I found this list of just, like, all these sorts of disaster movies. And I wanted to pick one from different decades. So, like, I couldn't do uh, whatever the boat one is. Um, um, Poseidon? Poseidon Adventure. Yes. Thank you. Very good. I love disaster movies, by the way. Sam, do you know that? You've mentioned that. <laughs> yes. I've, I've, I've really only seen this and Towering Inferno. Oh, it's San Andreas. I haven't seen San Andreas. Oh, the rock. It's so I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Oh, there's so I many I also haven't more. seen 2012. Oh, how about uh, Day After Tomorrow? Mm-mm. Uh, Dante's Peak? No. Volcano? No. Uh, Daylight? No. Oh, we gotta watch so many movies now. I agree. But also, have you seen Towering Inferno? I don't think I have. That's like the OG disaster movie. Mm, and I have to watch that with you. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's weirdly long. But again, you're screaming at the screen the entire time. Learn how science works, you fools! Well, did you see Jurassic World Dominion? No, but I haven't seen any of the Jurassic World movies. It's a, it's a, it's a disaster movie. I mean, it's Jurassic great. Park's a disaster movie. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. like, we're going to have a park with dinosaurs, and then everything goes, goes wrong! wrong! That's a disaster movie. Love it. So that's what this is. So basically, we like the movie opens on this like father and son. He's like, son, dad's going to have to go away for a little bit. I'll just be among the stars, but I'll be back. And then when the son's asleep, he's like, all right, my dad, uh, son's grandfather, here's your pass. So you can get into the underground and you don't have to win the lottery. Don't fuck it up. Can we Can we also address the throwaway character known as mom? Oh, yeah. 45 to minutes to an hour into this movie, mom comes up in conversation. And Caitlin, what happens to mom? Mom is just completely discarded. Completely. She's sick, so she's not a valid character anymore. And they just throw her away. Right. So in this movie... Uh, apparently because the son of this guy who's going to go be an astronaut and, like, go be on the other science station or whatever, like, gets a free pass and gets to bring one guardian, presumably the other parent. But the other parent's sick. So without her ever opening her eyes, they take her off life support or whatever at the hospital and just, like, let her die so grandpa can go down with him. Mom is literally thrown away. Just like the moon. And just like all the other moons. Yeah, that was one of the things we talked about. If the Earth's moving, the moon's going with it. Or shit's about to get real weird. If you move... And, like, the movie... like part the, the, the things that go wrong is that Earth gets too close to Jupiter, and Jupiter, like, gravity intensifies in order to draw in Earth. Like, the, like how gravity works. It, like, comes in waves, which it doesn't. Uh, and so, like... And they're like, well, we had to do this because we had to use Jupiter in order to escape the solar system. First of all, Earth got out of the gravity well that it was already in to get to where it was, which means it doesn't need fucking shit because that's not how inertia works. Also, also, I I did some nerding out. Uh, They had to go through a giant asteroid belt that is uh, is between uh, some of the, the the rotational planets, and they just they they just pass through it with no problem, and then they. It, they're not even worried about the 79 moons? 79 moons? Oh, you looked it up. On Jupiter, yeah. Okay, because you were really focused on moons, and I love and respect that about you. 
we lo- we left our moon behind, including all the satellites, despite the fact that they're in orbit around Earth. They're not locked into place in the universe. So the, our moon and the satellites surrounding Earth should have been coming with. And then Jupiter has moons. Earth's flying past, and it should have been immediately just bombarded with moons on Jupiter moons, which are the size of Earth. Earth, yeah. Or even bigger. They're bigger. Like they're, I think there are. Like Io is big, is like, could be its own planet, right? Yeah, Europa. Or Europa. Yeah. This Crazy. This is ridiculous. I know. I love everything. And I'm that has nothing to do with the people. So <laughs> The storyline. Yeah. So this, this kid grows up. This is 17 years later. And the kid grows up, and for somebody that took Earth 17 years, if it's moving that slowly, you're in deep shit. It's like Dragon Ball Z. Like we were mentioning, like we're action not even takes... at Dragon Ball Z yet. Oh, oh yes, action the... takes like you know forever. It's, this five minutes of battle is going to take six hours of of TV time. So for the the sequels, we're gonna we're gonna have to do many, many, many sequels. Okay, you mentioned this uh, ahead of recording. There's gonna be a sequel to this movie. So it's based off of a novel, a Chinese novel, and there's three parts to this novel, and this is the only first part. It's called Wandering Earth. So I saw that. The novel Wandering Earth came out after the movie. Yes. And then there's two more parts of the novel, one called The Micro Era and Devourer. So we're, we're about to look forward to two more movies. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on IMDb Pro and I'm seeing The Wandering Earth 2 coming next year, 2023. Humans built huge huge engines on the surface of Earth to find a new home, but the road to the universe is perilous. In order to save Earth, young people once again have to step forward to start a to start a race against time for life and death. That's literally that's literally what it says for the first one. Th- that doesn't tell us what the second one's about. I'm bouncing my feet. I am so excited. I this can't is help so it. weird. I can't help it. It's so great. It's the perfect. I love disaster movies. I sure am glad there's going to be a character named Indian Wife. <laughs> The the gender politics in this movie are garbage. There are three female characters in this movie. The mom who never opens her eyes or does anything and they just let die. When the the, uh, angry son, uh, Lu Ki, decides he's going to go, like, steal his grandfather's, like, mover truck truck or whatever. Brings his younger sister with, because she's always wanted to see the surface. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm not going back. I don't know where you're going to go. I mean, I guess you can go, like, it was, into one of the it, other towns. It was just becoming Ice Road, the, the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, Ice Road Trucker, the movie. Yeah. But, like, this little sister does nothing the whole movie. And at the very end, she's the one who's like, it sure would be great if we had hope without telling anyone what the plan is. You she forgot that part. She forgot the part where she has to tell everybody what the plan is. Yeah. In order to try to save the planet. Instead, she's like, my teacher asked us, what is hope? I didn't have hope, but now I have hope. So that's the second female character, the one who's useless. And the second one, one of the soldiers is female because we're progressive, except she is only counterproductive. She destroys the one source uh, that would save them. Yeah, she destroys yeah. the one source that would save them because they can't get it anywhere. And that, which at the time you're like, okay. And then a truck shows up that can get it someplace, but luckily there was another one inside. Oh, you know what else I looked up? What do you look up? Please tell me. Uh, Su Suasi is the the city that they keep referring to. Yeah, the Indonesian so, city. Uh, they are more than a thousand miles away from each other on planet Earth, and for some reason they just keep passing each other. And the time doesn't matter how long it takes to go a thousand miles via truck. They do say at one point that this drive is going to take us ten hours. 
that's and then we cut to the end of it yeah and you know they keep passing each other it's this movie it has so many little conveniences and none of them make sense so basically the truck goes and then like and then just as it happens that's also the day that uh the dad is going to be coming back from space because he was on the space station for 17 years doing science stuff or whatever and it's like oh you finally reach retirement you get to go home Despite the fact that the space, they then later say in the movie that the space station is what's really going to be saving humanity because it has a bunch of attractive, uh, fertile people on it, a bunch of seeds, the genetic record and history of the planet, like DNA, DNA, and everything, and like they, it, it locks all of the people to some sort of cryo sleep. But no, it was also his. It's his last day before retirement, which is why he's going to die. Dad's going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at Spoiler. least he dies being stupid. Yes. Oh so God. should we? So basically, what we're saying is that this movie is full of fun and entertainment, and you have to watch this movie. You can't go wrong. You will be entertained from the very minute it starts to the very ending. Yes. But you have to be open to what this movie is. But you will have a good time watching this movie and shouting at. We it. will say that the roles and the actors definitely need to change. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those movies that's, like, clearly very hand-in-hand uh, hand with the Chinese government. Oh, well, it was the right thing to do for us to wipe out half of the population of the planet. No worries. And only keep five countries? Ch- ch- well, those are the five countries in charge. Oh. They were the ones that were on the council. Was there another... Well, they went to Indonesia. Of... Indonesia wasn't on the council. Oh. That sucks. Yeah. That's rough for them. Anyway. Uh, but like, like at, when the dad's trying to get like permission for them to try to do the plan to save the the planet, uh, the robot goes, uh, "Oh yeah, the Israelis came up with this idea. It has a zero chance of uh, success, so we're not going to let you try." And the dad's like, "Please." And the robot's like, "Fine." So the little girl t- uh, gets on the horn and doesn't tell anyone the plan. So they decide to do the plan. But basically, the dad has to ask permission from the five earth humanity saving team it's which we don't know who they are or where they are or if they even exist right it it sure makes it sound like they're disembodied voices even though that means they're either on the planet or on the space station and neither of those can be true because if they're on the planet they would want to save themselves and if they were on the space station they wouldn't let them sacrifice the space station but the five countries were the united states china russia england great britain and france yeah and it's like, those are the ones? Really? Not Brazil or any country in Africa? Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Just missing so many continents there. So so many so many people. India should be one of them. Yeah. But they're caught in Jupiter's gravity. The planet's going to crash into... Earth's going to crash into Jupiter and everyone's going to die. But the space station people are going to make it, but then like it's a whole convoluted thing. And then we got to throw in 2001 Space Odyssey with the AI being evil. Yes, the AI running the space station is uh, very HAL 9000? 2001 space-, space Odyssey? Yeah, it's HAL 9000, right? I forgot. It doesn't matter. So sorry. Um, but we did come up with a great name for the AI. Yeah, so the AI in, in uh, the movie is called Moss. M-O-S-S, because... They don't explain it. They never explain it. It's just the the robot. They might explain it, but we missed it. And Sam, you came up with the best name. Which was? Mechanical Operations System Sus. I think it was Mechanical... Operations System. Yeah, Mechanical Operation Super Sus. Oh, Super Sus. Super Sus. 
Super oh, man. It's a it. single red-eye robot that's in charge of everybody, and it's telling them all to go to sleep. So weird. Mm. But to, to your point, we need to change things. And basically, so it's, like, uh, super cool with, like, eliminating half the population. It's, like, definitely very China-friendly. And then, like, there's moments where it's, like, I'm going to be a real man. I'm going to fire this machine gun, which does nothing. There's no reason for them to have it. There's a bunch of soldiers in this movie. Okay, so I read up on no that. Purpose. They they edited a bunch of the storyline, which doesn't make sense in the movie. Okay. So basically, the original storyline was that rich people were the only ones that could afford it. Could afford what? To go to the spaceship. Ah. And you needed like $30 million. And so the actual government is just rich people. And then to, so that rich people wanted to control the planet. And all the, the got it. So it's the, the, it's the dig at capitalism. Yeah, and, Which, and then the great, military away, is super is is a big part of of the entire thing because they want to keep control. The rich people want to keep control of the people. So they edited every scene of that out because they didn't have time to explain that. So we're seeing a lot of guns and a lot of military and like a guy throws a wrench at another guy because they're they're having this social imbalance of of you know, the rich versus the poor type of situation. But we aren't in on that. Right. Because they edited that part out. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah. So. I mean, and there there is jail. Like, eventually the kid and... Oh, oh, and the story behind the sister is that, like, as the grandfather and the son are getting to go to the, like, the actual, like, bunker where they get to not die, someone randomly hands grandfather a baby and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take care of this baby. This makes sense. Like, so, someone was like, I'm going to die, please take my baby. And it's just like, yeah, I feel like that's an imp- like a thing that would happen. That's really sad and, and uh, heartwarming. And they just it passed sure, right it over. It sure is interesting that we're, that we're learning that an hour and 15 minutes into this movie. Yeah, because the whole time we're questioning why he has a sister. Yeah, because it, like that hadn't come up. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, no, that, that's your sister, I guess. Or whatever. And I was like, that actually is, it's like, it's the family you, it's the post-apocalyptic family you make because that's the people who were able to survive. Like, I thought that was really compelling and interesting, but they didn't talk about it at all. Right. Anyway, brother and sister get arrested. Grandfather shows up uh, to get them out of jail, but he's, because it was his truck, he gets thrown in jail too. And then earthquakes happen all over because we're too close to Jupiter. And then... uh, Volcanoes happen. Oh yeah, volcanoes happen. Yes! Plot happens and like, uh, way more people die, but it doesn't matter. Interrupts. The plot line by by causing a volcano. Mm-hmm. Right. And like one of the cities in like the... So every single rocket on the equator and a bunch of the other rockets have underground cities underneath them because that's where people live. And it's important to have people living there. So if like something goes wrong with the, with the things, they can go up and fix it. That's it. That's the whole idea. Throughout all these disasters, though, the best thing about it is they keep just destroying everyone. So by the end, yeah. you're like, who... How are... Is who anyone is left? even left? And how, and then how is anyone left? Because volcanoes and etc. There's this amazing moment where they're like on the frozen surface of the planet because it's in space and there's no atmosphere anymore. So everything's and they're nowhere near the sun, so everything's cold. And they have to get this core that they can use to power the, the space rocket into the space rocket, and they have to get it up this skyscraper building. And everything goes wrong. So they're literally climbing a building which is towering inferno, and they get tr- caught in the uh, the elevator shaft. And die they, hard. Oh right, I'm sorry, die hard. Yeah, You're yeah. absolutely right. The, the elevators come screaming down and one of the soldiers is like, no, I'll save you, grandfather of children. And he like sacrifices himself and throws the grandfather through like one of the doors and save and saves his life. The soldier dies and then the grandfather immediately dies, making that whole scene pointless. 
And, like, the, no one even sees the grandfather die. It's just like, well, that sucks. And well, guess I'll die. That's a good transition, though, to talk about the CG in this film. How do you feel about the CG in this film? I was blown away. It was very good. It was so good. Like, the the detail and the architecture in all those disaster buildings. Yeah. And the... the Everything, the sets, the, the props. The planet flying through space. Yeah. Fucking Jupiter. It looked amazing. It all looked great. The, the sun, I guess, reflection. It's still the sun. The sun's reflection off of every single surface looked accurate. Like, I couldn't tell, like, there was no, like, solar flares yeah. or anything like that. It, like, and they talk about how, like, there's the light side of the planet and the dark side of the planet. And they were on the light side of the planet because it's the side still facing the sun. But then, like, the dark side of the planet, the part that's, like, going through space, they're just like, what's dark over there? And it was just, like, it's... The artists who worked on this movie did an amazing job. They really did. So we will presume that level of artistry going forward, but what we really need to talk about now is plot. So, you can't have Wandering Earth without just, like, well, the only way to save humanity is to strap a bunch of rockets onto the planet and go find a different solar system. That level of pseudoscience, ridiculousness aside, that's what we need. But what? where do we go from there, Caitlin? What happens next? I mostly just wanted to change the, the, the way that they portrayed the human characters in this movie. I think I'm going to let you take over a little bit more on the plot line. <laughs> because you're the writer here. Fair. I mean, I gender swapped a lot of people. Like I, I did a few, people. but... Um, for instance, I'll, do you want me to start? Oh, no, I don't want to talk about okay. ca- like casting right. yet. Okay, gotcha. I want to talk about like what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, it left room for a sequel, and as every disaster movie loves, it loves sequels. So I'll give it that. Yeah. Uh, I was highly entertained. There, again, I think like the motivations of the, the characters and how thrown away they were at every point in the movie... That I would probably recommend having more a little a little more investment in each of the characters, mm-hmm. in particular uh, the motivations and the chance of again finding each other over a thousand mile span seems a bit on the extreme side. Yeah, especially since they abandoned all their satellites, so radar is not going to work anymore, and like satellite scanning and like GPS. Mm-hmm. If for some reason satellites don't continue orbiting the planet that they're orbiting, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. But in terms of plot, I would start differently. Okay. So the, this kid, basically, literally everything he does in the entire movie is motivated by anger and rage. Literally everything. And if you think I'm uh, I'm wrong, watch the movie. It's literally everything. And for some reason, it all works. Yeah, no, no dynamic character development at all. So what I want to do is I want to start this disaster movie with a mini disaster. Awesome. Because, like, the whole thing is like, well, I'm just going to go someplace and I'm not coming back. And, like, he navigates this whole thing with his sister about, like, figuring out a way to get out of town and then stay out of town. But I think what needs to happen is I think the movie needs to start with the brother and the sister having dinner and grandfather doesn't come home. So the reason why they're doing this whole orchestrated thing is because he didn't come home and they they go out to rescue him. Is that called motivation? It's called something. <laughs> and it's also... I like it. It's instead of saving the cat, we're saving the path. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Um, but so basically, the brother says, no, I'm going to go. You have to stay here. And the sister's like, well, what if something happens to you? Then I would have to come out and save you. I may as well just go with you and save the time. And of course, I, in my version, it, it's older sister, younger brother. But Okay, you know what? I kind of did something, but I'm not going to tell you what actors I picked. 
Good. I wanted the grandpa's girlfriend to try to initiate a relationship with the son and go on an adventure with the son. Interesting. What I did was instead of it having being dad in space, grandfather taking care of them, I had it be mom in space and just dad there. That makes for a wholesome family. So it's like mom's in space. It's it literally. So we're not throwing away a parent. It's just for it's no just reason. The parents. Yeah. And so they're not going to rescue grandfather. They're going to rescue dad. And same situation with the like kind of adopted younger brother. But basically they, they're going to go rescue him and they, they steal a truck to go track down what happens. Because dad got trapped under some rubble, something somewhere. And they, they go and rescue him. But And in doing so, they rescue him. But as soon as they rescue him, all three of them get arrested. Awesome. They get arrested. They get thrown in jail, which is where they meet Tim, which is the uh, Australian Chinese guy. And basically they, they have their comedic sidekick and then and so they, they kind of get to the end of that little crazy disaster thing and then the actual disaster happens of so the thing about the asteroid belt is that it's depicted in science fiction and movies and everything as being a lot more full than it really is there's like there's a lot of stuff in the asteroid belt but that's just relative to space which is mostly empty mm-hmm. so the asteroid belt isn't a big deal but you know what else is in space Asteroids and comics and just like other things. And and like we can have space junk, space junk. And literally something can happen where they where they got thrown off course by the gravity of the moons. And so the original course plotted by the planet is what was correct then. But 17 years have gone by and it's they've been diverted. And now they're, they have gotten just slightly too close to Jupiter. Now it's throwing everything off. All of the science basically miscalculated the the mass of Jupiter. Yeah. And so they undercalculated the gravi- gravitational pull of Jupiter. I appreciate which that is way more than the actual science of it. 37 hours of disaster. Yes. That's what I, that's that's my inciting incident that gets the movie going. There's the personal one of them going to rescue their dad. Yes. And the uh, the macro one of like and also this other stuff's happening. So it happens to be that because this kid stole the, the the truck or whatever, the rest of them were destroyed in the earthquake. So now they're in charge of getting everyone they can, getting, like, going and getting this science, do, this battery to restart the rocket to try to get to, like, supercharge the rocket and get them away from Jupiter. Right. Fine. And then largely everything that kind of happens happens as it goes, but now they actually have real motivation and um, and stuff like that. Right and real science basically they go they go and get uh the lighter core yeah the light thank you the lighter core and that's where they find scientists with dice and selfish scientists (laughs) yeah the throw up in their mask the 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 older one does the younger one is the one who has died the first the older guy the selfish one throws up in his mask and then gives the mask to tim and the younger one has dice because he's a nerd yeah you gotta make sure that that's well established. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that already, by the nerdy glasses and the yeah, the two face. scientists are just the are the only two people in the movie who wear glasses, mm-hmm. and you know they're the nerdy scientists because they're the two people in the movie who wear glasses. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Basically, they so the the younger scientist was actually in a plane that crashed because Jupiter is so close to Earth; it's siphoning off. The pseudoscience of the movie is that Jupiter is siphoning off of Earth's atmosphere. And so because the atmosphere is gone, planes can't fly anymore. That's not how that works. 
Well, it's, it's sort of how that works, actually. But basically, like, they lose control and crash. This kid manages to survive the crash with the core, and he's the one that ends up figuring out the science in order to do the things. The eventual plan, when everything goes wrong, is because Earth's atmosphere is missing with Jupiter's atmosphere, which is mostly hydrogen, they want to throw a spark at it, ignite it, and that explosion will propel Earth away. Sure. Beautiful. Whatever. They end up figuring out a plan to do that. It doesn't quite work. And the only way it's going to work is if, in the movie, Dad pilots the space station into the this rocket fuel and explodes all of the jet fuel on the space station. And that's the spark that ignites everything and blows Earth away and they make it and woo, we're all happy. A lot of people are dead, but we're not we're going to gloss over that. They don't matter because they didn't have names. They killed a lot, a lot of people. So if there many was... people anyone left which it didn't seem like there were a lot anyways yeah they killed them all and then somehow the same city that that was destroyed by lava that was a different city oh it was a different that city. was the indonesian city okay i don't know a thousand miles away yeah but but then remember he where was he in jail still in indonesia that was just a random jail that was okay. just that was a separate jail in like okay. the middle of okay, nowhere correction. that was like military jail okay random spot yeah i don't know between the two yeah because the important thing was that they weren't in the town that basically got destroyed, but then was fine when they finally got back to it at the end of the movie. But yeah, like in terms of plot, that's kind of what I had in mind. But I don't want to have like Earth's atmosphere being siphoning off in order to stop an explosion. The visuals though looked so stupid and fun. That's true. It looked really good. That was the thing. That was the Dragon Ball Z thing you referenced where it's like Earth's atmosphere is getting siphoned to Jupiter. And so it looks like... It looks like Goku and Vegeta at the end of, of the Saiyan arc, Kamehameha Gallic gunning at each other, and it's just beams struggling, red and purple, just this blast in space. Earth's fighting Jupiter. It can't win, but it's going to try really hard. You could have never said it better than that. That was amazing. I love every minute of that. <laughs> I know I know so much about Dragon Ball Z, and it rarely, rarely comes up in conversation. I'm, I've been blessed by it today. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. But, like, in terms of plot... And gender swapping so that it's not just all a bunch of, like, muscle dudes. What else needs to happen in terms of, like, story? Because it's a disaster movie. Things need to go wrong. Right, right. I mean, honestly, that's my favorite part about the disaster movies, though. It's just, like, just keep piling it on. It's entertainment. It's it's explosions. It's ridiculousness. So then let's ask this. What are some other things that can go wrong? And or what are some other disaster movies that you'd like to incorporate because this one doesn't have enough? Oh my goodness. Well, I'll tell you so far, like, what I really loved about it. The, the bubbles, that the mechanism of, of the inflated bubbles. Oh, yeah. They have this safety device that's basically just a giant Zumba, but with hard edges. And it just, like, as long as we're talking Dragon Ball Z, it works like capsule core. You throw down the little thing and then pff, it makes it the giant a giant bubble that protects you from stuff. And they use it multiple times. They three, do. Three different times. And it... It's entertaining every single time they it do is, it. It absolutely is. Yes, that's They true. have, like, a Blade Runner city that... That's like, exactly what the city is. Like, it looks so visually appealing. It's and, the Blade Runner city mi- mixed with the city from the Mario Brothers movie. Yes. Yes, totally. That's what it's like living un- underground in this particular uh, dystopian future. And I can't emphasize enough how perfect the costumes are. I'm going to do a little nod out to Flo in New Zealand because she's, <laughs> she's one of my best friends uh, out there uh, doing costumes. And she did a fantastic job. Her and her team at WADA are just phenomenal. The detail, the, there's like robotic armature that these 
that help them do their tasks and tools and the spacesuits and the engineering suits and the military suits, they all look so perfect. They really do. Which is what I'm I'm gaga over. And then there's It's got like enhanced limb things, so like when he reaches out and pulls something, it's got the enhanced robot strength that like the suit's arm gives them. And it looks believable. It's, it does. It's not cumbersome or or like the paint jobs are just done so well and they they work with every scene that they're trying to accomplish something irrational. You kind of you basically want to join in and believe it. Yeah, it's suits that are like, "Oh, well, I mean, clearly it's the future. They're going to have advanced technology and they need to work on a harsh surface. This is exactly the sort of suit that they would wear." Right, right. So all of those things, the ice truckers, the the bad robots, the lava, the doomsday uh the timeline seems too close for comfort but i mean at the end of the day like they have this moment of change i feel like is appropriate they have this briefly calm moment when they reach the ocean and uh the main kid's like is that a whale and it's like yeah looks like that's a whale and it's just like because everything froze over because they got they blew the planet into space like the oceans froze and so it's a whale like breaching but like that's when it froze and it's just a dead whale for no reason other than to be like yeah shit's fucked anyway do you want to go try to save the planet oh and then the olympics nod remember that that was like out of nowhere yeah that was so weird 2044 they randomly referenced like they had they were referencing everyone just like kind of piling in and like saving the planet or whatever, like originally planning out saving the the, the world. It was Shanghai twenty forty four. Apparently, they really want the Olympics. Then. They're calling their shot, Shanghai twenty forty four. Oh my god, it was. I loved it. I really did. Yeah, it's you got to watch this movie. Yeah, for sure. You got to watch this movie. Don't watch it alone. You this is this is a this is prime watch with other people kind of movie. Especially if you're an artist because you're going to really appreciate the amount of detail. I mean they did they spent because you you so got to have something money. to appreciate other than the plot. Unless you love disaster movies. No, no, like right, but like they're making a bunch of mistakes and you're shouting yeah, at them, yeah, but then yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like, but this design, oh my god. The music was also really good. Yeah. And like there was definitely a couple moments when just like they just walk outside and just there's Jupiter and you're just like, shit, that's cool. It is super cool. And like the dad, the dad in the spaceship is tracking time by drawing circles around Jupiter to track how close they're getting. That's not how physics and science work or inertia or anything like that. The important thing is... It was a cool visual effect. It looked great. And everyone loves drawings. They do. Yeah. You gotta draw in every space movie. You I feel like you gotta have a dry movie. erase support in really everyone. Do. And then you defeat the evil space moss robot... Despite the fact the robot is now counter superseding the actual authority, disembodied authority voices. And so the dad in space takes the moonshine that the Russian astronaut who died earlier in the movie hid in his spacesuit, throws it at the robot, and it immediately combusts and burns this robot down before taking manual control of the space station and driving it into explode and die. Beautiful. It's crazy. I don't. It makes no sense. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's talk about cast. Okay, let's do that. Um, like I said, I did a bunch of gender swaps, but I feel like we got to swap with the dad who I made the mom. Okay. Did you keep it a guy or did you just I kept it, it a guy. Okay. Yeah. Who did you have for space parent? So I felt like this movie was meant to be really funny, but without a lot of dramatic acting, it didn't come off as funny as it was supposed to be. Fair. 
So with the dad, I wanted him to be Simon Pegg. Wow. Okay. But I definitely am am all about gender swapping because the women roles were atrocious in this film. And it's like, instead of going through and like inventing things for the girl characters to do, it's like, just just make the characters female. Yeah. Whatever. And capable Um, of doing anything. And you know who's the most capable and uh, the most competent and capable of doing anything female character we have right now? Let's hear it. Michelle Yeoh. You know, from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I have her. Who can literally do everything and anything. Yes, she's perfect. She can eat the bagel. Yes, she can. Yeah. And so what I actually ended up doing was I made the dad, the the mom, the dad, and the son, I did make them all Chinese American. Yeah. Because playing homage to like the origin of the movie as, as it exists, like it is a Chinese movie and that we should still respect that. But like Michelle Yeoh is so fucking badass and is so good at everything. She should be in space taking control of the she space station and shutting shit down. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. She is amazing. Okay. So then... Uh, I also gender swapped Angry Kid. I did too. Tell me who you had for uh, Angry Child. Okay, actually, I'm going to correct myself. I did not switch the gender role of the son. That's fine. I picked Tom Holland. (laughs) We all know who Tom Holland is. Yes, because he's goofy and He would make a perfect son for Simon Pegg. Yes. Look, if you make Simon Pegg a father, how old is Simon Pegg? Simon Pegg age Simon Pegg's 52 yeah Simon Pegg would be perfect to play Tom Holland's father like if, if right, we'd have right, Simon right, Pegg, right. Tom Holland's a perfect kid but you picked Michelle Yao. I did and I think she's amazing and I picked her as grandpa's girlfriend ah that's funny so instead of the sister it was grandpa's girlfriend that wanted to bond with the son and go for an adventure yeah that works so it, yeah. it's it's quirkier it's not as endearing as your version where I think it's just the where wholesome it's family the actual nuclear family yeah yeah we don't have to throw any parents away yeah oh well mom's broken in the bin she goes it literally shows them pulling the plug and having a cemetery and then uh roses well, the roses roses were the cemetery and she was in a box they covered the box up and then it was kind of like showed uh um the cremation it's like well mom got cremated anyway and barely barely an inconvenience Bare, super easy barely yeah. an inconvenience yep so my less now slightly less angry child is uh an actress named N- natasha lou bordizzo who was in day shift did you hear about what day shift was Yes. Yeah. So she's in Day Shift. She's in something called The Society. She's going to be in the, you know, the new Ahsoka show. She also was in the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like, sequel or remake or whatever. I think playing the young Michelle Yeoh character. Awesome. And she, just for fun, has a black belt in Taekwondo. I Convenient. Because you need that when disasters are coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to put someone in an action movie, you want to get someone who can do action. Mm-hmm. And so this actress... I haven't seen her on anything, but like her resume is so cool that I was like, okay, Natasha Lou Bordizzo seems like the way to go. Yeah, she's uh, 19 during the filming of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. And I, I love you for this because I only really memorize and can remember A-list stars. Nah. So throwing in other characters and giving them a role makes more sense than my entire A-list 
Do you want to know the other scenario. super funny thing about uh, this actress? Let's hear it. She is half Chinese. Okay. And half Australian. Then that you got you kind of got the Tim I, thing in I there. I have then. Tim later. Yeah. But he is neither Australian nor Chinese. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, but yeah, like I was like, I mean, it has to. She's so good. Yes. Uh, and then I have uh, duo 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 duo. I I gender swapped her as well to be like a little boy, mm-hmm. and I just I I cast a little kid. I did some research. I found a little kid. I think this kid's eleven or twelve now. He's in. He was in the Watchmen show. He's in Underground Railroad. He was really little in Stranger Things. Uh, it's an a young actor named Danny Boyd Jr. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know if you cast the child. I did not. I just replaced her with Grandpa's girlfriend. Which makes perfect sense. And yeah. we kept Grandpa's girlfriend, but put her in space. Yeah, instead. Yeah, exactly. So it's perfect. As long as we have her in it, I'm I'm more than more than happy. So who? Did, so my hilariously, I didn't know this going in, but it turns out that my mom and dad are both sixty years old. So it's like sixty years old with like a twenty year old and whatever. It's, it's fine. Modern family. You know, uh, IVF like, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Not even like let's say main kids twenty something. That means mom had like late thirties, which is how old my mom was when she had me. Oh yeah, because the sisters adopted. Yeah, sisters adopted. Mm, that's why. Mm-hmm. Now that makes more sense. Yeah, but who did you have for your grandfather, who is now my father? I don't think that's the right sentence. The Grandpa Han. Yeah, Grandpa Han. Grandpa Han. I have Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have a disaster guy in it. I mean, that's not bad. He's still acting. Yeah. He's still... The Samaritan, I wasn't great, but you know what? I I still love him. I think he's a fantastic person. <laughs> I... All right. So the actor I had is a Chinese actor named uh, Chi Ma, who... He's in The Arrival. He's in The Farewell. He was one of... He was... I love The Farewell. He, he was... Uh, 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 he was the love interest guy in Mulan. Okay. Yep. And I think he's the love interest guy in Mulan. I don't... I don't... What was... Love. I definitely am very familiar with the farewell. Yeah, uh, so he's in that. In Mul- oh no, I'm sorry. He's in the new Mulan. Oh, never mind. Boring. Uh, so the in- live action. Yeah, in the farewell, he plays Hayan, but I don't. But yeah, so I, I am going to push us to keep him as okay. dad slash grandpa. Okay. Now dad, but I'm very excited to hear who your Tim is. Tim is Kevin Hart. Wow, why Kevin Hart? Because he's kind of goofy and trying to help, but he really isn't adding much except comic relief the entire time. And it made me think of a lot of the Jumanji character that Kevin Hart plays. That's not bad. That, yeah, you know what? You're right. My my Tim is literally the, the Tim that I joked about making it when we watched the movie. Ron Funches. Yes, yes. But I think... As a random guy they meet half an hour, 40 minutes into the movie, and you're just in jail, and then you just lean over, and you're just like... With a flashlight? Is that Kevin Hart? I guess Kevin Hart's in jail. That That's funny. We're going to go with Kevin Hart for Tim. I like it. Either way, great suggestions, man. We're going, we're going for it here. So then I have the scientist with dice, the selfish scientist, and then a soldier. I have two soldiers, because I didn't... I can't tell the difference between any Well, we're going to go with all of our soldiers just to, like, have them. But, like, okay. I didn't care about the soldiers. They're literally there to die. And then only the dice 
scientist because he's the only one that really stuck out to me as being memorable because he kept suggesting things throughout the process and he came in on the airplane. Yeah, okay. In the middle. He has a wrench at some point. He has a wrench at some point and throws it. Okay. So uh, I gender swapped that character. Um, Okay. I went with an actress who's been in Supergirl. She's been in Jane the Virgin. She was in Silicon Valley. Her name is uh, Azee Tesfai, who I'm going to just Google what this uh, lady looks like so you know. Wow, she's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, it's a movie. Yep. So, like, make the scientist attractive. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie. The scientist is going to be attractive. But mostly just, like, you know, female and a little bit more multicultural. Do you think she she would like to hold 12-sided die? I don't see why not. There are lots of nerds right now. Yeah, that's true. It, my, inst- my Instagram is filled with lots of hot women holding dice being like, haha, nerdy. <laughs> uh, Perfect. But yeah. I just, I just what about compl- your other scientists? No, I just completely forgot who yours was. I didn't tell you. Oh, tell me. Tell me who your, ner- okay. who, tell me who your nerdy scientist I, is. I made it ridiculous. We were mentioning day shift, right? Go on. Snoop Dogg. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Just because of the comedy. It would just be so ridiculous if it was Snoop You want Dogg. Snoop Dogg to be your scientist yes. who comes up with... Who says the technical jargon. Yep. yep. So dumb. You know what we're actually going to do? Because we didn't cast this role, and here's what we actually need to do. Snoop Dogg is going to be Michelle, Michelle Yeoh's friend on the space station. Oh, the Russian. Yeah. Yeah. But the Russian, obviously... Yeah. Yeah. Space station friend. I love it. Yeah, that would be great. That would be so great. Because... Like, it's all different kinds of people because it's secretly the genetic, like, survival pods. And Snoop Dogg's the one's like, I mean, I don't know how you got up here, but, like, you're using your degree, I guess. Anyway, thanks for being a a good pal this whole time. And Snoop Dogg would definitely uh, sneak some sort of uh, mind-altering substance into someone's suit. We need that in the future. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to have things that can light on fire in space, but Snoop Dogg would. It would it would be very entertaining, and then that scene where he, they they're outside of they're in their the outside of the spaceship. They yeah, can, that would, there's so many words. There should have been so many amazing quotes during this movie, there and it was been. just not happening. I mean, to be fair, the amazing quotes were probably in Chinese, and then we got the sub the, the dubbed translated version. I literally looked at most famous quotes of this movie, and, and it were just zero. referenced the book. Yeah, I did the same thing. But let's talk about the selfish scientist who you did not have. The yeah. old one, the bomb. I did scientist. not have it. So um, I had a, a Japanese actor named uh, Jun Kinemura, who he's in Kill Bill Volume One. He was like the, the grandfather character in Kate, that action movie. Yep. that was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a Japanese actor, so he's been in a bunch of different Japanese movies. I just thought he would be good. I feel like now we need more like fighting scenes. We need to add them with all these he's martial not, artists. He's not a martial artist. Oh. He's an old man. Oh. Maybe just with the other martial artists that you're referring to? The only martial artists that I have are Michelle Yeoh and Natasha Lubordizzo. With the Crouching Tiger? Yeah, those are the two, the two yeah, actresses yeah, yeah, who have yeah. been in the like two different Crouching yeah, Tiger movies. Yeah. That would be cool. It would be. Like, doing More crazy shit. Like the military. Well, that's exactly it. Like, they're, if they're wearing these enhanced suits that make them able to do crazy things, let's see them do other crazy things other than just having really good grip strength. Right. Which is all we see. All the suit does is make you super strong... Which is a power fantasy. They have guns and strength suits because it's a power fantasy. Mm-hmm. Because male. Yep. Yeah. So then 
Is that why it looks like a sperm when it's going through space? No, that's because it's supposed to look like a comet. But Ah. they're trying very hard not to get Jupiter pregnant. (laughs) What about Uranus? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Amazing. All right. So then we have three soldiers total. We're going to use all of them. Uh, So, Caitlin, who is your first soldier? I wanted badass women, because like we were saying, the gender problems in this movie. I wanted Zoe Saldana. Great. I wanted Chloe Grace Moretz, which is the girl in Kick-Ass. She's done a lot of things other than that. Yeah. You can name a few. I just can only think of the Kick-Ass right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. So those are our two additional soldiers. My additional soldier is uh, Will Poulter. Who he's you know that where the Millers meme where it's like uh, I did this I did this I did this you guys got things mm-hmm. he's the son from where the Millers yep he was also uh, in Maze Runner he's in Midsommar he's around he like I liked Maze Runner yeah. yeah I've seen the first one now and I'm supposed to watch the second two with former guest of the show uh, Kamara and uh, her fiance Cam I was supposed to watch it last week but I got sick um, so I need to text them and see if I can watch that on Wednesday actually. I'm excited to see what you think. And I'm excited. The first one was fun. It's wild. And you just watch that and you're just like, your infrastructure was for this? And I, so I was like commenting on that and Kamara was like, no, 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 it gets explained in the second one. And I'm like, okay. So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited for you. Me too. It's going to be great. And so Will Stay Poulter's- Stay tuned. Yeah. Will Poulter's the one who like kind of stays behind and goes crazy. Mm-hmm. That's Will Poulter. Mm. And that's all of the actors that I have. Do you have any other roles that I didn't- I have uh, a concern about animals throughout the film. Please tell me your concern about animals. Do we need more animals? We we need at least a sidekick dog. Should it be a dog? Our cat, but how well can you train a cat? No, a you hamster. Know, you know why pig? it needs to be a dog? Okay, it needs to be like one of the uh, mush dogs. The huskies. Uh, hus- it's, it has to be a husky. My gnarly. Yeah, it has to be gnarly. I have a husky, by the way. Yeah, it has to be. I, I don't know if the ones that... The sleigh dogs. Sled dogs. Sled I don't dogs, know if yes. sled dogs are... Are they huskies? Always? It's like some sort of something. They're like Alaskan... Well, Alaskan Malamutes are the ones that stayed at home, and Alaskan huskies are the ones that went out. But they have mixes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think it needs to be that because you need a dog, like a dog that can survive in the like Wilderness. frigid... Yeah. The frigid outside. But also where, like, how are crops happening? How are animals? Like, where are they living? I don't think that's important for us to mm. worry about uh, how people live. Mm. How people live doesn't matter for how people live. Right. It's disaster. That's all we need to know. One of the things I think is important for the world building of this is discussing, like, is basically doing a, a Hunger Games and a Divergent of the different colonies have different responsibilities. This colony has a, a smaller rocket, so it's a farming colony. This colony is technology this colony is medical stuff and it's like it's specialization and so it also is good if people want to specialize in something else for them to leave their colony because genetic diversity over 2500 years is really important otherwise you have weird mutants and you get uh the plot of time machine but and then or like a disaster movie in space where there's like um different styles of human pandorum pandorum was where they did this and they and the the humans started to evolve into aliens and started to kill each other. I'm unfamiliar with this, but I believe you. It's a good movie. If you it's say a, so. It's a little bit older, but yeah, I recommend it. Okay. But yes, I agree. Dogs are good. They should always have more dogs. Right. And always. like, 
It's going to be a depressing trip for 2,500 years if there are no dogs. Agreed. I'd rather save the dogs than humans, to be honest. 100%. Yeah. So that brings us to writer and director. And you said you didn't do this. I did not. Uh, But I will tell you, I found out a fact that they contacted Luc Besson and James Cameron to do this movie. Mm -hmm. And everyone refused. And they just went with a guy that had never done another film really before, except for two films, maybe. And they're like, oh, he's not going to be able to do it. And he actually succeeded. He did a decent job. As far as, like, yeah, he did. He got he, it he done. Great. Yeah, he, he got it done, and it's a movie. Yeah. And it's a movie we both enjoyed. Yes. Twice now. <laughs> yes, I agree. Although, I'm glad they didn't give it to Luke Son. That guy is problematic. And also, I've seen uh, Val- uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. I The only thing I can love about him is Fifth Element is one of my favorites, and Leon Correct. the Professional. All right, fair enough. But other than that, yikes. Yeah, the movie about a guy who's hanging out with a much younger woman. Yep. That's not standard indicative practice. of it's also not indicative of who he is as a person. It doesn't matter. I've had that conversation earlier on this podcast. Yikes. So, my writers are I found them because they're the writers of the movie Red. Okay. They also wrote The Meg. And Perfect. Battleship. Oh, I and love those movies. My spy. And the upcoming movie, Mighty Mouse. Perfect. It's like, we're not doing high art here. They want We want the big, crazy fun. And that's where you get uh, John and Eric Hober, who I think are brothers. And, like, they write the big, bombastic craziness. And sometimes they hit it out of the park. And sometimes it's just crazy, dumb fun. And either way, we win, because that's what this movie is. And if they hit it out of the park, it's like just taking Earth and getting Even out of better, the Even better, then we system. get Red 2, which I hear is fine. Awesome. But yeah, I love Red. And it just like, just seeing their other filmography, I was like, yeah, these are the guys. Perfect. My director mm-hmm. is Kathy Yan, who did Birds of Prey. She did she worked on Succession. More female-driven. Female-driven. Yes. Chinese. Perfect. Can do fucking action. Let's do it. Kathy Yan. Sold. And like, that's, that's the movie we want. And it's the movie we deserve. Yes. I know we didn't do an amazing job of describing this movie, but seriously, go watch this movie. It's, you should. It's two hours long. You're going to have an amazing time. It's going to be great. And you can judge your friends harshly if they don't enjoy any part of it. They probably shouldn't be your friend. Correct. If you're not able to find something in this movie to love, look harder because it's there. Cool. So let me take you through our cast of The Wandering Earth. Lou Pekang, uh, our mom, is Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Lu Chi... The daughter is going to be Natasha Lubordizzo. Grandpa Han is now the dad. Uh, that's Chima. Uh, Duo Duo is Danny Boyd Jr. Tim is going to be Kevin Hart. Yi Gi, the scientist with the dice, is going to be uh, Ozzy Tesfai. Our space station friend is going to be Snoop Dogg. Our selfish scientist is going to be Jun Kinemura. Our soldiers are going to be Zoe Saldana, Will Poulter, and Glowy Crace... Glowy... Chloe Grace Moretz, and all of this will be written by John and Eric Hober, and then directed by Kathy Yan. That is The Wandering Earth. You gonna go see this movie, uh, Caitlin? 100%. Woo! Every time. Yeah. This movie's gonna be crazy. I'm so excited to watch it on Netflix with a bunch of friends while they all drink and I cheer them on. And we will slingshot that right around. We are taking this, we are taking this movie past the moon. 
<laughs> and less, maybe less throwaway characters. Look, it's a disaster movie. People have to die. But like the the moons, they should have made an approach at some point. I would love it if they make a point of blowing up the moon because otherwise the moon's a threat. Like you make a big deal about sacrificing the moon because if as they're in space, they can't take a risk if the moon decides to come crashing into Earth and rendering all of this pointless. You got to make a big set piece about testing all the technology by strapping it to the moon and blasting the moon off into space. Okay, That's one, where the moon went. I have one more question for you, Sam. Please. What voice should Moss be? Oh, I didn't think about that. I'm going to suggest Patrick Stewart. Of course Moss is Patrick Stewart. Uh, my little nod to uh, Next Gen. Gotta have space. Captain's log. I can't let you do that. That's uh, that's, that's <laughs> Sean Connery. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to try again. Make it so. <laughs> Make it show. Come here, number one. Full warp speed. <laughs> All right, Caitlin. Thank you so much for A, reminding me about why this movie's amazing, and B, thank you for being a guest on my show. And... It was a literal blast, Sam. Yay! Thank you. I will... I love coming on your show. If anyone is interested, if you are interested in having anyone follow you on social media, say that now. Or if there's projects you want people to be involved in, tell them about them now. Uh, well, usually I make Marvel and DC costumes. That's my that's my full time job. But on the side, and can you tell us about all of the ones you're working on right now? I cannot. Oh, I can weird. never talk about the things I'm working on right now. But I did just um, have a movie get released, and I can tell you that Black Adam's a pretty bomb movie. You should go see it. That and you heard it from Caitlin. Black Adam is a bomb. And also, uh, Black Panther is coming out shortly, and you will be very happy to hear how that plot goes. I will be, probably. And then if any of you are interested, I do vintage wedding gowns on the side at Silver Screen Bridal on Instagram. Yeah, so check out Silver Screen Bridal on Instagram for all of your vintage wedding dress needs. And then if you want to see Caitlin's other work, Look to the screen! Or the stars. Or the star! Look to the stars on the screen! There you go! There you go! Bingo! Yeah! Uh, if you're interested in finding out more about me, I am at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter. Or you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram. Or join us on Facebook at Ideal Remake Podcast. Or join the Dueling Genre Discord, which should be in the show notes for this very show. The Dueling Genre Discord is where you can chat to all the Dueling Genre creators, including me, and tell me what I'm missing and what other disaster movies Caitlin and I need to watch. Yes! We want to know that information. Big bada boom! Big bada boom! And since we're talking about Dueling Genre, I always talk about one of the other shows in the network. In this uh, episode, I'm talking about the New Republic Archives, hosted by Gary Robbie and Tim Garcia. It's every other Thursday, and they're huge fans of Star Wars, and basically they're celebrating the full breadth of the extended universe, one media property at a time. And you can bet they've got all of the coverage of Andor you could possibly want. So, Caitlin, we've reached the end of Wandering Earth. It has been 2,500 years, and we're finally in our home solar system. So I ask you, what is your favorite quote from the movie, The Wandering Earth? Hope is the only thing that I can think of right now coming from this movie. What other quotes were there? I'm genuinely trying to think of some right now. Uh, It was a terrible speech by a little girl that had no motivation to explain any life experience at all because she'd been in a hole her whole life. And and angry kid is always talking about how he's a genius and you're just like, okay, I don't care about that. Oh, there was this crazy quote 
where they, they're getting arrested. They think they're going to go back to jail. And Tim comes up and goes, I swear to God, that girl last week was consensual. Oh, and you're just like, no, yeah. that's not good. Don't, what are you? I mean, obviously it should be consensual. But like, this is a doth protest too much type situation, Tim. Yes. So that was not good. That's not a good quote. We don't like we that. Don't, we don't actually completely understand if the translation was wrong, though. Uh, I'm sure it was something. Um, I think my favorite quote from the movie The Wandering Earth is both of us when we looked up at the movie and realized we got this incredible glamour shot of Jupiter and both of us just went, holy shit. And then yelled Super Saiyan. I mean, Super Saiyan 1, 2, 3, there's possibly even Super Saiyan 4. We're going Super Saiyan Blue or Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Blue. Depending on what we want to do, all of those are real. Don't even worry about it. I love it. All right, Caitlin, we did it. What a pleasure. We wandered the earth.